Welcome to the Nona Voices podcast. By Nona.fm, we feature the voices of the unique people that make up the Lake Nona community in Orlando, Florida. John Chin is a resident of Lake Nona. He's known for helping others navigate real estate investing. He's also director of Lake Nona Youth Sports Lacrosse, as well as a coach. In this conversation, John speaks a bit about real estate, but our focus is a passion project regarding homesteading. John Chin. Hi, John Chin's uh, joining us. He's been with us before on uh, our podcast, but uh, it's uh, been a while, and welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be back, man. You got a summit coming up this month? Yeah, so on July 27th at uh, Drive Shack here in Lake Nona from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., we're doing a real estate investment summit, and we're going to have a panel of some of the all-stars in real estate investing from people who do bulletproof land trusts. Because what's becoming popular today is buying properties and taking over the seller's existing loan. Right. Which you can't do because the note can be called, right, by the lender, right, based on the due on sale clause. But because those interest rates are so low, those loans are as valuable as the properties are. So there's a lot of people doing these subject to acquisitions that are not sustainable and they're exposing the buyer and the seller to risks. So we have someone talking about bulletproof land trusts on how to do those properly in a way that protects both parties. We have someone talking about Section 8s because you can't find ROI on rentals today. Right. Uh, you know, today's rates, today's prices. Yep. So unless you're putting 50% down in most Florida properties, you're barely going to be cash flowing. So that whole model or story about building a rental portfolio to outperform the markets uh, does not work like it used to just a few years ago. So where do you get those yields? Well, we're going to have somebody talk about Section 8, high ROI Section 8 properties um, that you can purchase not even in your backyard. And then we also have someone talking about uh, vacation rentals and kind of the macro view on that and how the tide's kind of gone out because there was some hysteria post-COVID when people were not working out of their offices and they were traveling to Airbnbs. Oh, yeah. And then they got this bug. Digital nomads. and Exactly, yep. yeah. So all of a sudden we had a little bit of a short-term rental <laughs> bubble and people buying those. And then all of a sudden occupancies dropped nationally by 20%. So we're going to talk about that too. And so anyway, we have a, a pretty impressive panel uh, and it'll be my last public speaking engagement here in central Florida because I've been distracted with another project. Cool. Well, I, it, it, so we're looking forward to that again. That's going to be the 27th of July. And uh, where do folks go to get signed up for this? Um, it's 47 bucks for a seat. If they go to um, chrisagent.com forward slash summit and Chris is spelled C R I S. So C R I S agent.com forward slash summit. I did one of these, uh, 97 and 98, that ballpark, one of those take over the loan on a house, fix it up, flip it. And, uh, I, I got off lucky, but in, you know, in hindsight being 2020, I now all know a lot of the pitfalls that could have befell me and i got fortunate i i i came out okay but yeah they, they, those are risky that's for sure if you don't know what you're doing yeah and you know when you're doing uh, a purchase to flip the property it's a lot less exposure because you're not intending to keep it long term right but man there's people buying them and they're putting tenants in them and they're holding it forever and then what happens to the seller's debt to income ratio when they want to get a loan in two years or yeah what happens if the buyer who took title and the loan still in the seller's name gets a doesn't pay their taxes and IRS slaps a lien on the title. Yep. And so, yeah, there's a lot of ways that somebody can get hurt doing those if they're doing them wrong. Yeah, I did this one because I did want to live in it for a bit and then rent it. Um, 
it was a long-term flip actually. Okay. Um, but I did three to five, I did three year mark and five year mark and diff, they cost differently on the exit. And that's how I did that. Be, you know, okay. so it's not per, perpetual, you know, living off this person's loan. So, yeah. So it, like I say, it worked out, but I know how it could have went really badly and kind of had to steer some, some potholes along the way. So, um, Looking forward to it. I, we're going to uh, try and uh, check it out and, and looking forward to it. Beyond that, you, you mentioned when we were putting together this uh, conversation and coming up with a date, um, you mentioned a passion project. And it sounds like a long conversation to get to where you're at the passion project. So run with it. I, I, I This is <laughs> strikes a, a unique curiosity. I've been doing some reading about this. And so I'm I'm very curious in a personal experience. Sure. So uh, let's start with the mushroom trip. We'll go there. Okay. So now everybody's curious. Yep. So the you know as far as psychedelics go, you're starting to see a lot more come up with Hopkins and NYU researching psilocybin as a way to get people who are terminal over yeah. the fear of death and some other things, PTSD. Vets going to do ayahuasca trips and that kind of thing to kind of stop that mental loop and get off the 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 drugs from the VA that they're on and all this chemical yeah. dependencies they have. <clears throat> so, you know, I view uh, psychedelics, first of all, just to kind of preface this up front, is that it's not something you do and go to a Grateful Dead concert and listen to music. You know what I mean? That's not why I did this. I did it as almost a therapy to clarify what it's, my purpose It's not was. recreational. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, when I did this, uh, so I, I drank the tea and then I kind of set myself up with a very clear intention of understanding in a very safe environment because you have to set the setting and the medicine, right, that's happening. And you need all three to get a really good therapy at it and, and learn some things about yourself. So, um, you know, I do the setting and then uh, what I see is, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm, my intention was to understand very clearly to get clarity on how to use my unique gifts and my resources to serve mm -hmm. mankind in general. And so uh, what comes to me, a long story short, is for me to uh, go out there and kind of be a change that, you know, in a world where I think we're seeing a lot of, uh, there, there's really no other way to put it, just a lot of evil. And you see oh, yeah. a lot of yeah. sociopaths, you see a lot of bullies, you see a lot of corporate thugs, you see a lot of private interests and big business. Uh, commandeering our politicians and doing things that are, are frankly against like, how do you have so many people that are regulators that are supposed to be consumer quote protectors um, lying to us so that they can get private sector jobs that pay them so much more what the companies are supposed to regulate, yes. you know, that door like, yeah, they flip flip flop between Washington and corporate world. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just insane how everything's so upside down right now. And I think society in a lot of ways People who are uh, public, publicly outraged by it and people who speak to it, they almost sound like people are calling those the extremists. The extremists are the ones who are the frogs in the boiling water that aren't even recognizing it or willfully ignorant or they just don't want to confront it or they're just – it's not politically convenient for them to right. recognize it. So yeah. they – so – you and know, a lot of folks are busy with their day to day. They got to get up. They got to go to work. And you know, is that what you're referring to? The yeah, it could be that too. It could be willful. It could be just. Um, you know, people are busy. There's attention isn't on that kind of thing because yeah. they're so busy paying bills and taking kids to practices and so forth. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to consider myself pretty objective when it comes to data and everything and, and just understanding how people think and, 
how the world works. And so uh, what we've seen in the last few years post-COVID, I mean, it's not that any of this has been new. It's just been uh, more in your face. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's seemingly uh, just more extreme the last few years. Ratcheted up. Yeah, yeah really. Like the, condense the uh, condescension, the hubris that we've seen lately, it's just at another level. And so... Um, and do you think and this is just a theory of mine, do you think that these people were emboldened by the fact that they could say, everybody stay home, close your business, don't go buy seeds, weird stuff like that, that made no logical sense, but every, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people fell into it. Do you think that built that hubris? Yeah, and there's a lack of confidence that I don't know what happened with society. There's just a lack of confidence in people's own independent critical thinking. Yes. And so you see somebody in a lab coat and they prescribe you something and you just take the medicine and don't question it. Mm -hmm. Or you see an authority, it's authority bias. You, you know, a politician or some public uh, regulator says X, Y, and Z and you just take the pill and okay. you don't question it. And even though it doesn't feel right, you still don't question it. And I think that's a, that's a big problem. And the most vocal people who are pointing to things, to truths, uh, other lab coats, it's like, okay, which lab coats are we listening to here, right? It's like, at least let us hear the other ones, but they got censored and or canceled and or terminated yep. and or license pulled. It's, it's crazy to think what, what just happened. And I think the clear person who's objective would get enraged about that, especially if you consider uh, the promise of our founders and uh, the documents that created the mission statement that created what we are, the, this, the most successful 400-year experiment when it comes to detaching from the monarchy oh, yeah. way of rule, right? Yep. Uh, and so if you're sensitive about that and you believe in a mission statement that got us to where we are and you don't want to change that mission statement uh, and you just understand history, right, then you should be enraged yeah. and uh, skeptical. And if you're a father, um, I just don't see how uh, any protector or papa bear is going to let that happen to you know, their kids and grandkids. Yeah. So. Uh, and my wife and I watch these scandal shows on television uh, from the streaming services. And I have a saying, the kids always pay the price. The ki they always go after the kids. 100%. And, yeah. Yeah. Political, uh, physically, financially, yeah. like our kids are going to have to, I mean, we were talking about the monetary problem, right? Uh, going back to 1910, 1913, uh, Woodrow Wilson enacts the federal reserve, right? Yep. Uh, and then ever since then, it's supposed to provide, quote, elasticity in our economies and prevent bubbles and, and from popping and, and all that's all it's done. Yeah. And since then, what, our do dollar's been devalued 96%? And yep. so no wonder uh, if, our, if our incomes aren't keeping pace, it's no wonder we feel just more and more financial struggle. And I don't know where this is going to go, but it's not going to be pretty because um, you can't have for generations – a devaluing of your money and your buying power at a pace that's so much faster than your income is going up and not have consequences for that. Right. right. And so we see this wealth gap growing financial elites, uh, legacy finance, wall street. You see a lot of these private, like we saw the wealth transfer in the last three years, post COVID, mm -hmm. like how much wealth went to big business as opposed to mom and pops in the middle class. Oh Yeah. Yeah. And so every time there's a wealth transfer, you just hollow out, hollow out the wealth in the middle class, uh, and that's where our power is. That's what drives our economy. So 
um, I, I, it's not sustainable. And so, you know, I can't legally, <laughs> I can't legally delete people, right? Like we can't get rid of tyrants. Right. So what's the next best thing? Next best thing is to just be the change. And right. uh, I think that to do that, you just literally have to cut all dependency on entities like that and, and, and uh, people in power that are like that. So dependency on their, on their drugs, depend, that means health, right? Dependency on uh, big ag, which is now backwards. They're just basically for profit poisoning our food, right? Um, <clears throat> uh, dependency on just uh, energy sources that are more vulnerable today than they were in the past. So how do you do that? You just, you homestead and you surround yourself with a community of people that are like-minded, that are resourced, that kind of share the same thinking, want to become resilient, independent. Uh, it's probably the most conservative thing that you can do is, is be independent. I, and I know a number of people that have done this um, that uh, walked away from a, a good job or a corporate job or whatever the case may be, found a way to, to make an income, probably not what they used to make, but it's enough. And now they're canning and they're growing their own food and, and living on, like you say, a homestead. So this is becoming popular. If you go out in the country, there are, you know, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Western Pennsylvania, Northwestern Pennsylvania, but you see more and more people moving into that part of the country and getting away from the city and, and, you know, starting in their own homestead. Yeah. 100%. Um, and, and, and it's becoming, it's becoming hip to can your own food yes. and to have goats and to have chickens and fresh eggs and unpolluted, um, produce, yeah. you know, and, and good soil. And so, um, the, the passion project is, you know, there was something in my heart that always called me to the Georgia coast uh, ironically, north of Jekyll, uh, okay. and and the Jekyll Club, where all this was conspired, like I almost say, the worst evil in America, right? Our central bank. So uh, about 30, 30, 40 minutes north of that, and about forty minutes south of Savannah, there was a pristine piece of property that um, uh, I almost found me serendipitously, and uh, I'd always had in my heart to homestead. But knowing nothing about it myself, I mean, I've been around it, but I've never done it personally and never had to live off my and be completely independent, right? So uh, best way to learn is to teach it. Put yourself in a position where you have to teach it. So yep. what if there was a resort where people could commune? Because there's no meeting spot. You know, if we go back to the Liberty Tree, the symbolism of the Liberty Tree, 120-year-old elm tree at the square in Boston where the patriots would meet leading up to the Revolutionary War, um, there is no version of that today you know so where do you meet because if you look at anything that comes out that's even remotely conservative um it it, it takes off like wildfire you look at documentaries that are coming out you look at um media you look at news channels now because you can't get it mainstream no. it's been so suppressed and there's such a starving audience you know i was looking for a lot where uh i could build a house eventually it's kind of like my plan b right or just to be around people that are more resilient and um, my uh, chiropractor friend put me in front of one of his patients who happens to be a pilot and was developing a subdivision like this. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Let me go check this out. And this is evidence of this starving audience I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So he's developing this land out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I go out there. It's probably, what, 30, 40 minutes from a Publix. So it's, it's pretty remote. 
And um, I pull up to his house, and he's specking one home. He's already developed it. There's, a, like, a shooting berm in the back with a shooting range. There is a farm. There is a greenhouse, um, propane, solar battery infrastructure. So uh, I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I'm pulling up to his his house to meet him that he's working on and finishing. And the back of his truck, his license plate frame says, who is John Galt? And <laughs> yeah. if you're listening and that means something to you, you know, if you, if you don't know what that means. You're, you're in the know. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You, you've been red-pilled, right? Yeah. And you're a truth seeker. So um, turns out he sold all the lots in one weekend for like three hundred, three hundred fifty thousand 350000 a lot. I'm like, that's Holy insane. Wow. So, um, and I was, you know, part of me was like disappointed because personally I wanted to buy one. Mm -hmm. And then the other part of me is like, wow, that's interesting. So there's a starving audience. What happened if you had a resort for people who can't just kind of take that leap and jump into the deep end personally? They're not ready for that. But what if you had a resort or a, a liberty tree, a community that people could visit as an Airbnb or like a resort where you had now this setting in the coast of Georgia, imagine like plantation style cottage homes, um, the antebellum look, you know, from old Georgia and uh, pre-Civil War days. If you had a little gorgeous community with the chicken coops and the rabbit hutches and the honeybees and you were on the water with the, with the boat and you could, um, you know, you had the dock and then you could go do shrimp broils and catch food and grow food. And you had the greenhouse and the garden. Like, I think there's a starving audience who would want to experience like that, commune with other people and their kids who are up there who turn their laptops off and their, their pads and their screens. And they actually get back to nature frequency again. Mm -hmm. um, and they get to commune with other like-minded people that don't have to worry about what comes out of their mouth, you know, and how they talk and what they believe. So um, we call it uh, Project Continental. So Project Continental is my passion project. Project Continental will be the license to these kind of communities. Um, and the first one is going to be at what we're calling Oaks Landing, which is uh, this 10, 10 and a half acre parcel right there on uh, about 30, 40 minutes south of Savannah. Very cool. I, 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 and I'm, I agree with you that I think people – are gearing towards that. I know my wife and I've had these discussions and at this point in our life, it's, it's challenging because of our work and everything else. We have to be near where our client base is, but ultimately we are working towards a position where we can live anywhere, do what we need to do. And, and that would be an open opportunity for us. And I can, we've often talked about what would it be like to grow your own food, have your own, you know, you know, have a couple head of cattle or you're, you know, growing even your own meat. Yeah. And, and then your kids are running around barefoot. They're getting grounded They're, Yeah. You know, you're, you're turning the clock back. I, I remember being up on the property and it, it was moving to see um, my daughter's hanging off of a tree branch. You know I mean? Like what was the last time your kids climbed a tree? Yeah. Like I grew up climbing trees and playing in the woods and everything. Right. Um, we just don't feel safe doing that anymore. And just kids don't do it. So I want to turn the clock back to like Huck Finn, Mark, uh, or uh, Tom, Tom Sawyer days. Tom Sawyer, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Art Twain. Yeah, like when they're running around barefoot and playing. Like, let's go back to World War II uh, times, not not the war, but like right. those times, right? That, that spirit. When, yeah, when things were simpler and um, you know, men were men, and yeah. you know, kids could play outside. And so, anyway, that that's what we're trying to create, and and it's, we're unapologetic about what we what we stand for. Mm -hmm. So. If you're like-minded and you're listening to this and you want to try it out, like it's a place for you to see what that life is like and be around the same kind of spirited people. Interesting. Do you have a timeline of what you're looking at in developing this? 
Um, so the piece of land that we're looking at right now, like like I said, it kind of serendipitously found me. I just texted the owner this morning. Funny enough, um, we're doing we're in the due diligence feasibility phase right now. So yep. assuming all checks good, uh, closing would be dependent on getting that dock permit approved because it's a requirement. And uh, if we, you know, those are taking a lot longer now. So maybe a year to two years at the most to be shovel ready and to start construction on it. Gotcha. Very interesting. I, I, I look forward to kind of following along in this progress and see how it goes. I, I this, this is interesting. And, and I know people, a lot of people talk about a lot of things, but it sounds like you, you're making it happen. So, well, that was the calling. That was a calling. And, um, if you, to quote the one scene out of the sound of freedom, I know everybody's talking about this movie. Yeah, I'm going to go see it tonight. So. Right? Oh, yeah. you have to let me know what you think of it. Okay, yeah. I, I saw it the night it came out. I, I've been anticipating it forever. And, um, but, yeah, because this band works like three years, I think. I heard... Uh, oh, it was five years. Oh, it was a five. <clears throat> five years and all wow. kinds of resistance from Hollywood and distribution and everything. Uh, so, yeah, it was a fight just getting it getting in theaters. But, um, you know, so uh, to quote that one scene out of the movie where he's talking to his partner who who kind of operates in the dark and he's had to make this transition from working with Homeland Security to going independent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy says, uh, you know, when God calls, you don't hesitate. And so that's kind of where I am right now. Very cool. So you said when we sat down this morning to record this, you said, I got something to talk about a lot more interesting than <laughs> real estate. And you do. Yeah. This, is, this is pretty dramatic. And I look forward to watching this story progress. Well, I appreciate it. And it's it's kind of interesting when you answer a call like that, and you're on mission, and you're activated. Uh, it's interesting how many resources and people just surface to help that vision manifest, right? To oh, help yeah. That happen. And that, that, I that's showing you're on the right track. Yeah. I, I think so. Yes. Right? I think so. And, and so that's, that's, that's been happening. Somebody listening to this right now is going to probably reach out to me. Yeah, Somebody I'm sure. Involved. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you, John. I appreciate you sharing the vision with us. And I, and I look forward to watching it grow. Yeah, thanks for letting me share it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Curtis. Thank you. Thank you to John Chin for joining us today. We promise to stay in touch with John regarding his new journey. Thank you for listening to the Nona Voices podcast by Nona.fm. We feature the voices of the unique people that make up the Lake Nona community here in Orlando, Florida. You can subscribe to Nona Voices wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartMedia. If you have a moment, Please share the Nona Voices podcast and give us a review. Thank you for listening to the Nona Voices podcast by Nona.fm.